This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, and our goal is to provide our listeners the real facts, the real stats about our local market. Hey, you wouldn't go into a baseball game without a well-prepared game plan? Well, real estate's no different. We're going to provide you this information that will help you make that well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in the real estate market. And today's show and the guests that we have, it's going to really play into that about a game plan because we have two counselors here, and I think that would be the a correct term. From the Community Housing Council, we have Amber Castro. Good morning. Good morning. And we have John Shore. Good morning. And, um, okay, so you both work with the uh, Community Housing Council. What, what is that, and what do you guys do? Well, Don, the Community Housing Council started in 1994 as a dream amongst several people in the real estate industry. We had realtors, we had lenders, uh, we had some folks from HUD, and the whole idea was to put together an agency that would be a good resource for people who were interested in home ownership. And um, it was not until 2003 that we actually got our act together, became a nonprofit. And in 2006, we opened our first office. Now, that didn't tell you what it is we do, but it gives you a little bit of history that we've been around and we developed from the real estate industry. So in 92, this dream where realtors and, and other affiliates came together. Was that locally or is that no, no, a national thing? Strictly locally. I could name most of the 20-some people that were. We met at the encouragement of the city of Fresno uh, at City Hall. Uh, they provided a spot for us, and we met the uh, first Friday of each month and talked about what we could do to help promote home ownership. And um, it, it dawned on many of us that in order to really do what we were wanting to do, we needed to be a nonprofit. You know, being a true nonprofit, a 501c3, makes you a charitable organization, which allows you to get donations and government funding. So we put that together and opened our first uh, office at Manchester Center in 2006. So what it is we do is help people get ready to buy homes. In fact, our tagline says, moving people into homes. And it wasn't until the foreclosure crisis hit that we had to change our focus. And that really enhanced the services that the Community Housing Council offers, including foreclosure, uh, default uh, education, and uh, counseling. We also help people get their credit scores in order. I like to call that getting them mortgage ready, because as we both know, uh, buyers that pay cash are few and far between, so we really need to have people who understand what it takes to get a home mortgage. Okay, and that's something that I want to get into deeper a little later in the show is getting mortgage ready mm -hmm. and prepared because I know that that's a, a big focus or the original focus was getting people into home ownership, mm -hmm. but it sounds like now you have 
grown into helping people keep their home. Yeah. Whether they're renting or they're buying. That's right. And there's a lot of confusion out there right now uh, about moratoriums and uh, foreclosures and, and evictions. And so we're going to get into that today. And I think I have the right two people here to help with that. I've got a lot of questions. In fact, I will humbly say that I was in a meeting where an attorney was there and he was describing all the new rules and the ifs and the ands and, and all about the moratoriums and what you can do and you couple that with new the new laws. And at the end of the meeting, um, a good buddy of mine, you know him, John Shamshoyan, said, Don, did you understand that? <laughs> and I said, no, I, I, I didn't understand anything. <laughs> and he said, you know, if the two of us don't understand it, how is the general public going to understand it? And I said, thank you. I thought I was, I just thought I didn't have enough coffee that morning or something. It, it is sad, Don. We've seen people come to the office who have been granted a forbearance and totally not understand what that is. They knew they didn't have to make a house payment, and that is what they saw, and that's what they heard. But they didn't realize that they were still responsible at some point in time to make those back payments. So they never knew to ask the questions. Is this going to be added to the end of my loan? Or well, how do I repay this? And some folks have been on forbearance for a long time, and uh, they're not quite sure what the re resolution is going to be for them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Amber, do you actually work person-to-person uh, -person in counseling with some of these people? So we do work, well, we're doing all of the work over the phone right now because of COVID. You know, we've really been not being able to be person-to-person -person in person. Um, that makes sense? It, to me, that made sense. Okay. Person-to-person <laughs> -to -person in person. <laughs> And yet I couldn't Over understand. I could understand that, but I couldn't understand that attorney with all the, uh, uh, the <laughs> eviction rules. <laughs> so we have been working one-on-one -on -one over the phone with the clients, trying to help them through the process. Um, and it is a very confusing process. Um, like John was saying, there are a lot of people who don't realize, you know, what what a forbearance actually is besides not making a payment and what comes next and when does it end when do we have to you know think about the next the next phase and I think we're still in a little bit of limbo when it comes to when does it end um, and, and so we're just in this kind of weird funky space right now but we are working one-on-one -on -one with the clients to help them try and get past the forbearance portion of it and into payments, um, back into payments that they can afford. I want you to know on the when does it end thing, I was so proud of myself when <laughs> I thought, ah, we have an opening July 3rd, and I called John and said, would you guys do this? Because the moratorium was gonna be over July 1st mm -hmm. for everything, for mm -hmm. evictions, yeah. foreclosures, and I thought, how timely. I was proud of myself for <laughs> yeah. organizing that one. Right? And then we had another extension. extension. Yeah. yeah. Well, and many of us were hoping that that would come because it wasn't the timing was not right to have that uh, moratorium end at the end of June. That could have caused a lot of havoc. 
But one of the other things, Don, that I think is important for your listeners to know is that it depends upon the type of loan they have. If somebody has a VA loan, then the, the, there's a whole set of different answers for them. If somebody has an FHA loan, another whole set of different answers. So as a housing counselor, we try to stay on top of everything. And I will be very honest to tell you that we don't always know the right answer, but we know where to get the right answer. So I think one of the takeaways for your listeners is how do they know where to go? And that's the Community Housing Council. They need to call us, get the information straight, we are funded by the federal government to help people at no cost during this uh, crisis. So I think that's a key thing because, um, oh gosh, I remember during the foreclosure crisis, there was all these scammers scammers oh. that were wanting $1,500 up front. Uh, or, or more like five or 6000 up front. Okay. I could tell you stories you wouldn't believe. I'll bet you could. <laughs> um, Let's save it for another show, though. <laughs> but so this, uh, somebody can come to you, and the, and it is a paid-for uh, counseling service, but it's paid through HUD. Is that correct? Well, not necessarily HUD, but we have other funding sources as well. As an example, we just got word yesterday that, uh, I'll go ahead and mention the name, Wells Fargo uh, Foundation, has given us a very nice size grant to help individuals who are struggling because of COVID. And uh, this is now their second year of providing us funding for that. And we weren't sure it was gonna continue, but it's, mm -hmm. it, they've doubled what they gave us last year. Okay, now um, you, this started locally, but is it is it nationwide now? Well, it always has been. This is what's, this is, we are one of the well, best kept secrets that I know of in the housing industry. There are over, th I think it's now 400 housing counseling agencies across the nation. Housing counseling started over 50 years ago when we were still young men, Don. Housing counseling. Was, I still am, John. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> but, uh, even when I got into working with the Community Housing Council, I was amazed at how many housing counseling agencies that there are. Now we are one of two that are approved by HUD in Fresno County. And uh, we like to call ourselves an ongoing resource for homeowners, for renters. Uh, we encourage people who take our first time homebuyers class to give us a call in the future something comes up, they don't, they don't know which way to turn, give us a call, that's what we're there for. Okay, it, and I really like how you guys have changed with the needs uh, of the public. So here you started off in the 90s, um, helping people get into homes, but then during the uh, foreclosure crisis, you help people keep their homes, and now you're helping uh, tenants and and do you help landlords too? We have helped landlords, yeah. Okay. Uh, many times, uh, in fact, one of the programs we uh, have worked on was with the city of Clovis, and it required us to talk to the landlord, to talk to the tenant, see if we can work a deal out there. And uh, that was a great program because we used our HUD requirements by putting together an action plan for the client so they knew what their next steps were going to be. 
and putting a budget together. Those are the two things that HUD really puts an emphasis on. So I like the words you use right there, action plan. So if you're one of our listeners and you need help in forming an action plan, or you have a family member or a friend who you know is uh, is going to need help yeah. with that action plan, this is something to listen to. In our next segment, when we get back from our commercial break, we're going to talk about foreclosures, forbearances. In the next segment after that, let's talk about evictions and the rental side of it. And then in our last segment, let's talk about getting into home ownership. Okay. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Amber Castro and John Shore, both from the Community Housing Council. And what we established in our first segment is who they are. They're, uh, uh, it's a nonprofit that's pay, uh, paid for by grants from various places, including HUD, and they help people in their strategies, their game plan. Um, so let's talk about those people who have, uh, they're behind in their payments right now. They, they were affected by the pandemic, maybe lost their job. Uh, they were affected by it in some manner. They're behind. Uh, the banks have not been able to proceed with the foreclosure process because of the moratorium. So, but that's going to end. It was supposed to end two days ago on July 1st. It got extended 30, one more month. But at some point, it's going to end. Um, and what do we, uh, what do we see happening when that happens? Well, Amber, why don't we start with you? I, I've known you a while. I know you always have an opinion. <laughs> Um, well, let me just tell you a little bit about, about our process and kind of, you know, as we go through that, I'll tell you what we're seeing, but, um, we get these clients that are, you know, naturally very scared because they're, you know, at the end of their forbearance or, you know, they're needing to work something out so that they can keep their homes. And so, you know, we get into it with them and call the bank and, and find out what all of their options are so that they're very clear about what their options are and how to proceed. And so then, you'll actually help them communicate with the ba their bank? Yes, yes. So sometimes we'll do a three-way call where the bank is on the line, the client's on the line, and we're on the line. And we kind of just help them through that process of finding out exactly what their options are, just going through them one by one and making sure that they know what what's next and then we just help them with whatever you know that process is whatever is available to them um, you know sometimes at this point it's it, it's modification and so we'll help them gather the documents that are necessary in order to get um, to where they want to be with modification we'll you know guide them through it make sure that we're communicating with the bank making sure that we are on top of it so that things don't slip through so we're calling them you know every 48 hours 72 hours you know um, a week out making sure that they've received documents making sure that we know what they need next in order for the process to move in an expeditious manner um, 
And, but, you know, some of the things that we're seeing at this point is just a lot of, and it is early on, um, but we are seeing, you know, a, a lot of, a request for an excess of documentation and, and some pushback from the banks. So um, I'm expecting for that process to get a lot easier as we move forward. I think that they're going to be requiring less and less documentation because they're going to have so much that they're dealing with that, you know, as time moves on. Um, I've heard talks of them, you know, saying that they're going to require less documentation. I think one of the main sources of documentation that they'll need in order to proceed will be um, that they have, that the clients have been affected in one way or another by COVID. Okay, so the bank, uh, the, the key word you used here was communication. Mm-hmm. So that, if you're struggling out there, you're behind, communicate, don't go hide in a cave. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the number one, that is it, the number one takeaway. If, if you are in a bad position or a position where you're unsure of what's next, call us or call the bank. Make sure that you're communicating constantly. Yeah, uh, okay. That's key. <coughs> you use the word modification. Mm-hmm. To describe to the listeners and, and me what that is. So a modification would be, uh, we're talking about modification of loan terms. So um, there are going to be several different, you know, things, options for the clients at this point, you know, after forbearance, but modification is one of them. And that's one where, you know, rates have changed. Um, It's possible that their rate could change, which would mean that their payment would change. It also means that their terms could change. So once they get into the process where they've been accepted for a modification, they'll have a a trial period of a few months where they will make whatever payment um, the bank thinks is going, you know, is going to work for them um, moving forward. Once they make these payments on time for the couple of months, then they get sent uh, a final modification, which they have to sign, which actually changes the terms to their original loan. So that's modification of their original loan terms. All right. So if somebody has a current contract, they're supposed to pay $1,500 a month. But let's say through the pandemic, they lost their job. So they they went four months without making a payment. Well, that wasn't given to them. So they got to do something with that money. So a modification might be to either put it at the end of the contract or maybe divvy it up for a period of time. Or extend their term from 30 to 40 years. Okay. Something like that. And then kind of drop their payments down a little bit or, you know, change their rate. It could be a number of those different things or it could be all of those things. Mm-hmm. Although I do want to tell everybody, if you go to 40 years, realize that you're not paying very much on the principal. So one of my first loans that I did when I was young and, and not as smart as I am now. You had loans back then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> we carved it out on the on, the, on the a stone tablet. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did a forty-year loan because I I was afraid I wouldn't be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And after paying on it for eight years at that minimum payment, uh, I realized that wow, a thirty-year loan would have only been fifteen dollars a month more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when I found out the advantage of paying things off earlier. Right. Getting ahead of the game. Yes. Too bad you didn't know a housing counselor at the time because they would have advised you differently. <laughs> uh, that's right. 
I was young. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have listened. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, so tell us also, what is forbearance? So a forbearance is where they temporarily suspend your payments. So you wouldn't have a payment during a forbearance period. So generally that will happen during some type of a hardship. Okay. And um, John, do, do would you say that the majority of people understand when they come to your counseling agency what forbearance is, that it's... Uh, or do they think it was like they just don't have to pay, they're, they're finished? Some of them think that. Some of them understand what it is, but the majority of them don't really understand the ramifications. They know that something bad has happened like COVID. <clears throat> they understand that payments don't have to be made. They, most of them do get the idea that they're going to have to repay that at some time. But they don't, they, you know, they were just happy to know that they weren't going to get, they weren't going to get foreclosed upon because they couldn't make their house payments. They, but now they want to know what the resolution is going to be. Because okay. most of nobody really wants to move from the home that they chose as their dream home. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one thing. But, you know, even as housing counselors, over the years, one of the first questions we ask them is, what do you want to see happen? Do you want to keep the home? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to let the bank have it? You know, we have to look at all those different options. So... In a rising market where prices are going up, it's a seller's market, I would think that's a, a, a selling the home and getting that cash from your all your equity, even though you may owe 10 months in back payments, that's still a big possibility, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a possibility, but the downside of that is if somebody hasn't made payments for 10 months, uh, their credit report will reflect a forbearance. That's not a good thing. So that's the <coughs> ramifications you're yeah. talking about. So they may they may uh, benefit by selling and getting that equity that they just earned, but try to buy another house right away, and they're going to find out that geez, the, the house that we could have bought for two fifty last year is now three seventy five. Then all of a sudden, they're out of they're now be uh, being coming a renter again. And that's the thing that we need to, to make sure people understand. You know, I think that um, I have been dealing with quite a few people <clears throat> at this point in time where, you know, sale seems like the best option. And I see people really like holding back. They want to stay in their home and they're waiting until the very last moment to come up with a plan. And I think that if it comes to, down to you losing your home and having nothing and selling your home and having something and then the time to rebuild your credit and buy later i think that that's still an option that is that people should be really thinking about very closely okay so something that i really hope our listeners pay attention to is there is help out there to help establish a game plan Mm -hmm. and a strategy of how to get out of the hole. Right. And, um, you know, maybe the, the hole was dug not by you. Uh, it was by circumstances. And you guys have the resources and you can help people out. How, when, Amber, earlier you talked about documentation. 
for the banks. Is part of that documentation why you got in the hole? In other words, were you truly affected by COVID? I think there are a lot of people out there that have truly been affected by COVID who have lost their jobs, <clears throat> who've had to take, um, you know, uh, loss in hours, things like that. So there, there is a lot of real serious um, repercussions to the shutdown of our, of, you know, our businesses. Okay. So, but do the banks want to see that before they, mm. before they work with you? Um, yes, they do. They want to see it, but they also want to see that you have the ability to make the payments moving forward so that there's twofold, you know. Ah, okay. Don, one of the things when I first got into doing housing counseling that, you know, I brought 25 years of mortgage lending with me. And it dawned on me that the documentation that lenders are asking for to look at a modification is pretty much what we used to ask for when we approved a loan for mm -hmm. somebody. Yes. So, you know, banks will always ask for that stuff. They want to see what has happened. They want documentation to make sure that, because who wants to modify a loan and have that go south? Mm -hmm. You see, there's no benefit for anybody in that. Mm -hmm. So it's much, a modification is much like a refinance, but they're only recasting the term of your existing loan. That's a good way to put it, uh, that a modification is a lot like a refinance. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of starting over with some new terms yeah. that fit your, your current situation. Right. Yeah, so if extending that out to 40 years from a 30-year term, and that brings a payment down that's affordable, that's that's an option that the client should consider mm -hmm. and I, I think the important thing here is that as a counselor we our job is to let people know what the options are mm -hmm. not to say this is what I would choose if I ever heard a counselor say that we'd have a little come to Jesus meeting over that comment mm -hmm. a counselor's job is to present the options and let the clients know the ramifications of each option okay excellent before we go to commercial break, I want to ask each of you a question. You've got 30 seconds to answer it. And, it, and um, there's talk out there that there's going to be a boatload of, of foreclosures coming once the moratorium is over. Uh, Amber, why don't you go first? I think that there are going to be foreclosures. However, I think that we've learned a lot from the 2008 debacle, and I think that we'll mitigate well. Okay. And you did that in 29 and a half seconds? Perfect. <laughs> and, John. and believe it or not, I agree with what Amber just said. We did wow. learn a lot. The banks, the banks know that they don't want to go through all that foreclosure mess. You know, it's not good for the cities. It's not good for crime rate. I mean, it's just there was nobody became a winner during that period of time. So the banks have learned from that. They don't want to see that happen again. And I will tell you, the banks back in 2008, 2009 were the worst mm -hmm. sellers yep. or property owners mm -hmm. that you could even imagine. Yeah. So we'll end it with that one. When we come back, let's talk about the rental side of it. Okay. And uh, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Rentals. Okay, so here we are. We're back at it at uh, Welcome Home Radio. And let's now roll right into um, the evictions. So the rental side, we've been talking about the home ownership side. Let's now go to evictions. And there, um, 
there's been a moratorium. I know there's a lot of confusion. Uh, is it possible for the two of you to clear all the confusion up? <laughs> let, let's, like John said, we don't always have all the answers, but we'll find them. And uh, that's where, you know, there is a lot of confusion with that. And so we're working with it on a day-by-day -day basis, making sure that, you know, we get a proper understanding for the questions that we have come through the door. And let me tell you why there's so much confusion. We've never done any of this stuff mm -hmm. before. Okay. There were no guidelines in the HUD manual that told us, told us how to deal with something like COVID. Right. And it, it, the government doesn't know how to deal with it. That's obvious. So the banks, the, uh, the, the landlords, uh, the one thing I think is important to know that there are, there's a lot of help out there. The city of uh, Fresno has a program going on right now. There's another one they're working on. Uh, looks like we're going to be part of that. The county of Fresno has a program. We're part of that. We're, uh, Donna, you don't know this yet, and I'm, I, I told myself I wanted to make sure I told you this. One of the good things about COVID, and I know that sounds like uh, how could there be anything good about that, is that through funding, we have actually opened our second office, and it's in the Southern California area. We have an office in Riverside that serves the five counties surrounding that area. So we're working with the uh, L.A. County on a, uh, not forbearance, but a moratorium uh, eviction uh, situation. Uh, th so there's plenty of help out there. And that's the one thing that uh, tenants need to know, landlords need to know, and they need to know which, which program applies to them. I'm glad to hear that because you may be able to help me out personally. Well, My, un my uncle... Uh, was self-employed for years and years, owned a Shakey's Pizza Parlor, right. Los Angeles County. And uh, so he doesn't have a pension, but he was smart and he bought some rental homes and that is his retirement income. He's up in his 80s now. Uh, he's disabled uh, through blindness. So he depends on that money. So first month of COVID, uh, his tenant, one of his tenants says, I don't have to pay you because of COVID and there's no evictions. So you're stuck. Yeah. Now the guy was never impacted because he, the tenant is, uh, retired, gets social security and a pension. Those checks kept on coming. He didn't lose a job. Uh, during this whole thing, I guess he got enough stimulus checks. He got enough, uh, income without having to pay rent went out and bought himself a Mercedes. <laughs> and there's my uncle without that income. So what kind of, re and there was really nothing my uncle could do. He, he, he couldn't evict him in court. There was no legal avenue for him. That was put into the moratorium. So how does he get help? Well, Laws are different in every county. I'm not familiar with LA County or, or the area you're talking about, but I do know that if that same scenario happened here in Fresno, that uh, there would be some legal ramifications because the, the uh, moratorium on payments had to be related to a COVID situation. Mm -hmm. Either somebody in the family got COVID, was sick, couldn't work, your employer laid you off, couldn't work 
But to just arbitrarily say, I'm not going to pay rent because I don't have to, you can't evict me, I don't think that's a true statement. He could have filed and probably, through the courts, got an eviction. Certainly, going out and buying a new Mercedes with his rent money, uh, I'd have been all over that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things that we do is we get legal agencies involved. If we see something that looks like it's they're playing not by the rules, we'll go to the legal agency that we feel is the best one to report that to. So in LA County, they are offering um, mortgage assistance. So Fresno County, I noticed, is focusing more on rental assistance, where LA County is more on mortgage assistance. So I can get you the name of, you know, the housing counselor for that area um, and the program for the mortgage assistance in that area as well. Okay, that would be great. So once again, it's you guys offer resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So now I heard that the, at least here in Fresno County, that the legal system was closed for evictions. So you could not go, you could not file an eviction claim. It was my understanding that, um, you could still evict for other reasons other than non-payment. So I'm, I would have to really get clarification in for mm-hmm. you, and I can do that, and then you can clarify for your listeners later okay. um, about that. But it was my understanding that it was COVID-related non-payment that could not proceed with eviction. But if there were anything else with regards to the lease that they didn't you know that they broke any other rules or boundaries um that they could for those other reasons it had to go through a like a separate um legal avenue um but i think there was still it was still open to some things Mm -hmm. your answer is actually really uh refreshing in in that it's okay to not know because these times are confusing and I think part of the confusion is like John when you mentioned the government well my question is which government was it the federal the state the local um, and what at uh, you know was it the the federal administration making the rules or was it the CDC um, it, it is very convoluted <laughs> there, yeah. there is it's very confusing. There's This is just a time, like John said, that we haven't been through before. And so there's so much that we're, we're not, not fully under, understanding because of that. And you know, when we talk about getting back to normal in a contractual sense, it's where a contract means something again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I promise to pay you $1,500 a month due on the first at this much interest. Mm-hmm. That That's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes but that's been tweaked the last year and a half. Yeah, and I I guess it's all for the better because, uh, you know, the banks, the the economy, everything else took such a nosedive uh, in 2008-9 during that recession. Um, I truly don't think the government, uh, whether you believe in the right right side or the left side, wants to see that replayed again in, in at least in our lifetimes we should have learned a lesson uh, the, the one thing that I will tell you and let me know if we're uh, if I'm going too long here for you but uh, 
one of the things that is frustrating for me is that uh, some of the best programs we had during that period of time have gone away because of lack of funding. And for example, you probably remember the Keep Your Home California program. Yeah. That saved a lot of homes for people who lost their job. There wasn't any COVID going on. It was just the economy. And I remember the uh, unemployment program. It was called UMA. And that paid up to 18 months worth of a person's house payment and or rent if they were laid off. And uh, it just, you know, programs like that um, should have still been in place when COVID hit, and it would have made a big difference. If only we knew COVID was coming. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, communication, once again, is the key because the tenant really needs to talk and communicate with the property manager or the housing provider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right. With that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and only in America do we get these kinds of uh, issues. (laughs) Uh, Although COVID was worldwide, but some of our solutions are only in America, and it's it's our entrepreneurship, I'm sure. And a little bit of politics. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so... um, what I hear a lot about the rental assistance program. Can you tell us about that? So we are working with uh, the county right now to disperse funds for renters and landlords both. The way that it works is um, we go to the landlord first and we try and secure their buy-in you know, to getting the process started and done. When we go to the landlord, we are able to offer them 80% of whatever's owed between April of 2020, um, and it's running all the way through June of 2021 now. So anything that's owed during that period of time, what they would do is they would agree to accept 80% and um, you know, forgive the rest, and then the landlord gets paid. The tenant gets you know help. The landlord gets paid, and it's a good thing. If the landlord doesn't agree, the tenant can still get help. But what we can offer them is twenty percent, twenty-five percent of what's owed. So then they would couple that with you know the seventy-five percent, and then pay their their rent. However, at this time, we are currently waiting for legislation to pass where we can pay 100% to the landlord. So I'd really like to encourage landlords out there that may have said no for one reason or another to to get reestablished, to get involved, because as soon as that legislation passes, they're going to get 100% of the money that's owed between the months of April 2020 and June 2021. Um, And we're working with the county Community Housing Council is working with the county to distribute funds in Fresno County. However, Fresno City has a separate program, and we don't happen to be involved in that one, but you can go to the city website to, to find out about that. 
Community Housing Council is specifically helping Clovis and the mountain areas, but you can go to FresnoRentalHelp.com and there is a map there and it goes to show all of, you know, Fresno County and you can get in right there and start your application. Okay. <laughs> so when they give the money to the tenant, does the tenant have to give that to the landlord? Is that part yes, of it? Yes, it is. The, the tenant gets the money but the landlord gets a notification that the money has come in or been dispersed so the landlord is waiting for it and they do sign and attest to you know paying that they're going to use that money to pay the landlord oh you know one more thing i forgot to to add with that is they just added utilities <coughs> so if there are outstanding utilities get in contact with us um you know especially the clovis for us community housing council the clovis area and the mountain areas we can help get your application started for that so if you don't owe any rent you you know did whatever you had to do to pay that rent but maybe you know your t utilities are suffering call us we can help okay um what number do they call so they would call 559-221-6919 6919 okay so utilities and rent mm -hmm. and um also want to talk a little bit now or, or well, no, I should ask you: Is there anything else on the rental side that that we should be talking about? Because then I want to go to how you help people prepare for home ownership. I think that was it Let's with the rental. Yep. We're ready. Okay. <coughs> Let's do it then. So originally, back in the '90s, you started off being a counselor to prepare people and come up with a game plan and a strategy for um, home ownership. How do you do that now? Well, the same way we did it then is how we do it now. We let people know the advantages of home ownership. <clears throat> you know, uh, you and I are both members of the California Association of Realtors, and they have a great piece on all of the benefits of becoming a homeowner. And I won't go through them all right now, but it has to do with the fact your kids will do better in school, stay out of crime, all that kind of stuff. Get a better job, go to college. And HUD has a saying that uh, really, I think, says it all. And it says that home ownership is the platform for a better quality of life. And sometimes I get choked up when I say that because I think about in my own personal situation that when I first bought a home, re realized the gain on that uh, investment, bought a second home, bought a third, you know, it, it's just, it has made a huge difference in my life. And I've seen other people that I've helped over the years buy their second, third, fourth rental property. So I do believe it's a good way to get ahead in life. So we do that by helping people become mortgage ready. You know, we will sit down with them. Again, this is done at no cost to the buyer, potential buyer. We sit down, look at their credit, let them know if they are mortgage ready. We're not lenders, but we do look at it from the same perspective that a lender would. And if they're mortgage ready, then we tell them, go find yourself a lender. Oh, but first, let's tell you what to look for in a lender. Uh, and we also tell them what to look for in a realtor. That's done in our education class, First Time Home Buyer Workshop, which uh, has all been done by uh, online Zoom classes. So we've kept doing that. And um, in fact, we've got one scheduled, I believe it's a week from, is it a week from today? Mm -hmm. I think we've got our first live class schedule. 
So if anybody wants a first-time home buyers class, uh, call that 221-6919 number and get registered for that. When is it again? It's a week from today. So it's a good thing you asked me to be here today because I'd be teaching next week at this time. <laughs> All right. What, and what time does it start? Well, uh, we ask people to be at the office by 8.30. So that's the, the game plan is to get started by them. But they need to call and register. We send them paperwork that they need to fill out and bring back with them. Okay. And where is it at? We do it right at our office. We have a very nice classroom, um, which is 2560 West Shaw Lane. It's out there near Sean Marks. And again, call the office. We'll give you all the information. And if they mention your name, they get the class for no cost at all. Oh, man. So knowing <laughs> Don Scordino really helps here. Uh, let's say you don't mention my name. Is it the same cost? <laughs> Actually, we do charge for that class. But it's minimal. We've dropped our prices down. We used to charge $90 for that class back in the day. But I believe that we're running that class now for, I think, only $50, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So there but we'll go with 50 If somebody doesn't mention your name, that's what they'll pay. <laughs> I thought for sure you were setting me up, and it was going to be, oh, same thing, no yeah, cost. No, no. So see, Amber, there is a good thing about knowing me. <laughs> I've always said that. All right. Um, and you said so. What so what what should someone look for in a lender? Well, first of all, one of the things that I can tell you is that most lenders <clears throat> have a preconceived idea of what the best loan is for a borrower before they really sit down and talk with that borrower. You know, if somebody does a lot of FHA loans and they're just going to assume that okay, I'm going to see if this guy qualifies for FHA. And I'll be, I'll be very frank with you, Don. In my 25-year history of doing loans, one of the mistakes that I can tell you I was guilty of more than once is forgetting to ask somebody if they're a veteran. You know, the VA has one of the best loans out there. And for me to put somebody in a loan other than a VA loan, that's a huge mistake. I mean, the, we have that fiduciary responsibility as a lender, just like you do as a real estate agent. So <clears throat> in our first-time homebuyers class, we talk about all the different programs so that a person that is looking for a lender can ask some questions. Like, an, I'll give you an example of another one. Most lenders will not take the time to explain what discount points are. And simply, discount points are a way to buy your interest rate down for either a temporary period of time or a permanent <coughs> period of time. And if a lender doesn't tell you about that, I know they have it, but shame on them for not telling you about it. And you would be surprised that when I do my uh, class and talk about discount points, I get more people asking questions about that afterwards. Well, my lender never said anything about that. And it's like, well, you know, that's why we tell you this information's out there and ask those questions. Again, most homeowners, potential homeowners, don't know the right questions to ask. And we, we arm them with knowledge when they come to the uh, my first time home buyers class. And I'm going to throw another thing out there too. <coughs> so you're, you're saying ask questions, talk to the lender. When you're doing your loan application online, isn't that a little tougher? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I've always felt like you need to deal with somebody you can see and reach out and touch. Yeah. And doing something online is putting the burden of taking that application on the client himself. I, that's a lazy way to do business. Now, there's a lot of companies that encourage people 
uh, to fill out that information online. But you know, I've seen loans get turned down because, and, and this is one you can probably relate to, most realtors consider themselves to be self-employed because they get paid on a 1099 and most people they have to file a Schedule C. But unless you own 10% of that company that you work for, you're not self-employed. And by checking the self-employed box, very many loans can be turned down because you don't have the right documentation for that. Wow, yeah. I, I did not know that. See there? That's why people need to listen to this show on a religious basis. That's right. <laughs> and I better start listening too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, um, and the thing, so if you go to a local lender, and first of all, online is good. You know, if, if you're going to buy something for 25 bucks, because <laughs> what, you know, if you bought the wrong <clears throat> thing, uh, okay, you, you wasted 25 bucks. Yeah, you could ship it back. But there's no do-over when you do something like a 30-year mortgage, yeah. uh, a, a commitment to buy a $300,000 home. It, it, so you got to do it the right way. Um, see the people. Be local. I, here's a big reason for being local uh, or dealing with a local lender. I always say because that local lender is going to run into me, their agent, yeah. somewhere whether it be on Welcome Home Radio or be at the gas station, the grocery store. So they better not hang up on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Don, I had a lady in my office just two days ago who is in the process of buying a house. She's working with a local realtor, but for whatever reason, she's working with an out-of-town lender. And I asked to see her LE, the loan estimate, the document that's very critical when you're looking at somebody's uh, estimate and making sure they're getting a fair deal. She had never received a loan estimate. That's a federal crime. And, you know, I asked to see who the loan officer was. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized that this is a case that I will turn into the CFPB because it's not the correct way to do business. All right. We have about a minute left in our show. So I'd like to ask you, what do you want our listeners to remember the most about today's show? That Fresno, that Community Housing Council of Fresno is here to help the local, you know, our local people and, you know, our people in L.A. We really are here to make sure that you know what to do next as far as your forbearance is concerned or buying a home. We're here for you. Okay. And there's no cost because it's funded through... HUD and in this in in that one case Wells right. Fargo and other entities right all right John well the only thing I will do is make an announcement that the Community Housing Council is very close to opening up the community thrift and consignment store we're gonna wow. get into the, the um, thrift business so anybody out there that has a garage that needs to be cleaned out Give us a call. We'll come out, clean your garage for you. I want to know when opening day is. <laughs> well, we I got thought it stuff. Was, I got a lot of see, stuff. See, that's why I mentioned it. I figured you had a, you're one of those hoarders, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. Thanks to our guests for sharing your knowledge with us today. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you. Thank you.